0: Hey everybody, my name's Ethan. I'm uh, just gonna do a little player intro, uh, let you guys get to know me a little bit. Uh, I started in role-playing games, actually kind of got into them because of live play podcasts. Uh, It was Acquisitions Incorporated that kind of hooked me in. Uh, Before that, I really didn't have any context for Dungeons & Dragons, so that and uh, Critical Role, actually, as... (laughs) You know, you might expect uh, a big uh, big part in getting me into RPGs. So yeah, I started uh, started playing RPGs a couple years ago. Uh, recently, uh, first got into the DM seat about a little over a year and a half ago. Started running 5th edition out of the starter set for some people at work. Uh, after a couple of sessions, that included Brad here. yeah. So I'm currently running Curse of Strahd for a group, and here we are. So, I've always loved RPGs as a video game, and I really like the idea of getting into character in video games. In fact, in a lot of Bioware games, I would often do a first playthrough, just whatever. This is Ethan as a Starship Captain. But then, second playthroughs, I needed to do something a little little different. So, I kind of liked to get into role-playing my, my characters in RPGs. And when I found tabletop rpgs that was such a different thing where instead of you have three dialogue options to pick from now you have all the dialogue options to pick from so that's always been the fun part for me is portraying a character so when i was creating Hatham, that was kind of my starting point was who is this character how does he speak and who is he instead of the class or or raising that kind of stuff so yeah that's what i enjoy about rpgs that's how i enjoy playing Haytham, and that's why i enjoy being on the adventurer's vault tune in now
1: this is the
2: adventurer's vault follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open... The Adventurer's Fault.
3: So, it's over. The Battle of Port Halbeck is done. But it's long after the pirates' retreat before the chaos of the battle subsides. You guys uh, work your way back up from the port, and you see that there's still plenty to be done. Many people are dead, wounded, still buildings on fire, uh, and a lot of families separated. Uh, You guys are very quickly recruited to help in any way possible. Father Becker and Haytham, you guys have been recruited. There's a makeshift infirmary that's been set up. And your skills uh, would be useful there if you guys wouldn't mind uh, swinging on over. Pretty easy. One of the buildings, uh, larger buildings, has been hastily converted. And there uh, you meet uh, somebody who's uh, taken command of the infirmary. She is a very large female human, imposing. She's probably in the neighborhood of six foot six very broad, and wearing a, a shining set of full plate armor with the uh, symbol of TARDIS very blazoned on the chest. She has a great sword still strapped to her back, and you very quickly find out uh, her name. It is Helandra Orissus. She is a paladin of TARDIS. Uh, she doesn't take much time to get to know you before she puts you both to work. Uh, there's already a handful of other volunteers there, and there are a lot of other people bringing in wounded for you guys to treat. Uh, she is in the same shape as you guys, where no actual magical healing left, so this is this is dirty work. You know, stabilize uh, can work as a spell, but for the most part, this is bandaging and uh, doing everything you can to help out the people who are wounded, as well as recording of the dead. Now, while you didn't have much time to Uh, interact with Helandra directly uh, as people are, family members are coming and looking for other people as people are bringing in more wounded. You overhear a lot uh, and you're able to ask a few questions if you wanted to, uh, but you learn a number of things just by listening and you guys are kept pretty busy there. One of the things that um, you find out, more than a few of them actually talk about Helandra and her um, ability during the battle. Uh, Apparently at times she was pretty much single-handedly holding the front line. Uh, They also mentioned that her sword was glowing and singing. And you realize after a while that when they say singing, that's not just a metaphor. The people were hearing a melodious voice coming from the
1: sword. Well, it's a real shame she couldn't swim out and stop all those pirate ships. Well, uh, funny you should mention that because... We're all going to jail.
3: (laughs) One of the things that uh, you overhear there uh, is that she actually gave the uh, city a little advance warning. Somehow uh, she had showed up just a few days before, and that morning she began recruiting people to uh, post guard at the edge of town. She said she knew something was going to happen, and she didn't get a lot of response, but she did have enough people out there that they were able to, to shout a warning and be able to mount something of a quick defense.
4: And it was mostly due to her. That's
1: very convenient.
3: So are uh, <laughs> not there to know that, though.
4: Could be divine providence, though, uh, providing a bit of uh, warning, you know, to well, the gods.
3: While you guys are doing that, uh, Alder and Asherian, uh, you guys are recruited. You actually briefly run into Craven really quick, and he is very busy helping, uh, you know, put everything to order. Uh, but he asks you, he has some other men, and he wants you to go out and essentially act as a scouting force and check and make sure that the pirates are indeed gone because they re- you could see them retreat, but you want somebody to keep an eye on them. Uh, So if you guys
1: are willing to take these troops and run out and do that,
3: but he makes it very clear you shouldn't engage. Just make sure they're actually leaving.
1: Well, yes, Carlisle. We will, of course, limp that way and see what we can do.
3: Uh, And to be fair, most other combatants that you dig with, you aren't in much better shape, but uh, that's what he's got to work with. Uh, We're going to kind of long story short this here, and you guys do indeed uh, do that. You, You take a little while, you shadow the pirate reinforcements, and they pretty much are disembarking from the same place you guys, um, you know, found the cobalt cages. They are, there's some ships that have reappeared there, and they are, are making their way down the cliff via ropes and into boats. And, you know, if you watch long enough, you can watch them slowly, slowly head away. And as far as you can tell, they, they, are, indeed, they are indeed leaving. So several hours later, you guys are able to return back to town.
1: We still, though, like set up a watch. Like, leave one or two of the youngest, fittest-looking guys to run back to town in case they return.
3: And indeed, Craven has set up a bit of a watch around town as well, too. Um, but once again, it's a little shorthanded. A lot of people are uh, very busy, but it is no longer just completely uh, unwatched.
0: Now I would like to note my bedside manner, Haytham's bedside manner, terrible. Just terrible. <laughs>
3: uh, you know, but it's still appreciative. Uh, you guys uh you you're already being spoken of, especially for Father Becker and Hatham. you guys are hearing the most since there's a lot of people coming in out of here, and people are recognizing you already, so your um your work with the children and even your work sealing up the bay and clogging up the channel that's already being talked about. so people are already referring to you as heroes. So the fact that you're in here helping out even more pretty much just is cementing your legacy.
4: Oh, no, ma'am, I I couldn't possibly uh, accept any more thanks, you know. Just remember the church in the future when you've got a few more coins. uh, I've already gotten
0: five marriage offers
4: today. I couldn't possibly.
0: (laughs) Well,
1: I don't got no money, Father, (laughs) but I got some other favors I could show you.
4: Well, if you're truly broke, I suppose we can talk some sort of deal.
3: Uh, There's actually even a point where... Uh, a young child brings you some food and drink really quickly, and you recognize that this is one of the children that you save from the cobalts. No. So they they took it upon themselves to to make certain that you were you were fed and watered a little bit.
1: You're actually his father now, since you mentioned <laughs> they were all orphans. <laughs> so right.
4: you're going to pay for our upkeep, aren't you, father? And well <laughs> whoa, whoa, what, whoa, whoa, and and we're wards at the church now. Church, um, that's me. I appear to be <laughs> it.
3: So. Well, they may not have actually been orphaned. Uh, there were a few orphans produced. Now, Port Holbuck didn't have a lot of children yet because not a lot of people brought their children, but some did. And, well, I mean, you know, some families came out here on a whim. So, you know, there That's are right. likely to be a few orphans after this because there are a lot of dead. Uh, While, well, although Port Holbuck did manage to uh, force the pirates into retreat, it was not without cost.
1: So, what percentage would you say five kids is?
3: Um, I mean, at this point in time, there's probably not thirty kids in town, mm-hmm. not anymore. Yeah. No
1: yeah. <laughs> so your storyline has acts like a full one-sixth of those.
4: <laughs>
1: Interesting. <laughs> 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 there that few
4: probably be pretty easy to identify which ones are in fact missing.
3: Well, you know, I mean, some of them disappeared before.
4: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. Weird.
3: Well. So it is late into the night uh, before you guys are finally able to make your way back to the Carlisle Estate for some much-needed rest. Uh, indeed, you return there, and there, there is plenty of room for you. There's a tent that you guys can take over and crash. And like I said, it's the we are of the morning, so you are welcome to so go ahead and, and uh, sack out for the night.
0: Yeah, I'm still at 1 HP, <laughs> so, so pretty much, you know, just limp. <laughs> What's it called when you're limping in both legs and everything from the ankles up? Old age. Just so <laughs> <laughs> I feel every day.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: <clears throat> so is there anything in particular you want to do before you rest? Doesn't doesn't need to be, but if there's something you wanted to do, uh, you could very quickly do it. But I'm assuming you guys are pretty much ready to pass out.
0: Yeah. At some point during the day, I'll have gone back to that that merchant and got my letter back. So I can send it out whenever this port can be opened up again.
3: Uh, You know, you might not have time, but there will probably be plenty of time tomorrow. Okay. Uh, You guys are pretty stuck in the infirmary. In fact, you really aren't gone until uh, after uh, Alder and Asherian get back and come to check on you. And that's when Holandra finally releases you and says, go get some rest, boys.
1: Admittedly, on the way out of that path, I think I could have swung by and grabbed my backpack. Yeah, you probably could have grabbed that. But tracking
3: somebody specific down takes a little bit more time. So, and we can get to that on, on the morrow.
4: Um, that night, um, after everyone has gone to bed and I feel reasonably certain that, um, uh, that the party members have all actually fully drifted off to sleep. Um, I kill them. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I only kill one of them.
1: That's crazy. Um, I was going to try the same thing. <laughs> that is so weird. I wonder if we
4: meet in the middle of the night.
1: <laughs> you guys all <laughs> wake
4: up. No, but uh, I'll go okay, ahead. Were you going to say something?
5: I'm going to say that, uh. You both walk out of the tents, got the knife. You both look
1: at each other like, hey. Hey, how you
4: doing? Hey. Then turn around and go right back to sleep. Yeah, I think it's more here. likely
1: like Haytham wakes up and the other three have stabbed each other to death. <laughs> okay. okay. What, what,
4: what happened? That's what it's made to look like. <clears throat> um, no, but actually I'll do something. Father Becker will do something that he really hasn't done before. And that is that um, he will he'll actually say a prayer that is not immediately like, oh, please. Help me. I'm in combat and I need this boon. But uh, I'll, uh, I'll just take a moment uh, to say, oh, uh, great God of mysteries, I, I'm not asking for anything this time. I'm just saying thank you for helping to guide us back to this place safe and sound. Many people gave up their lives today or had taken from them and um, uh, could have easily been any of us or me. And I, I don't know if you're looking down upon us and providing some protection or guidance. But if, in fact, you are, then uh, thank you, I guess. Um, good night.
3: And that's when the lightning bolt gets you. you know. <laughs> I got you, fam. <laughs> Jesus. <what was> <laughs> so, that's um it. No, uh, nothing so dramatic happens, but while somewhere in the middle of that prayer, you start to feel that connection that you feel with your God when you're casting. Nothing particular happens other than you get that sensation. You're not certain what that means, but you feel a, a connection like you only feel normally when you're casting. Mm-hmm.
4: Hmm. Hmm. So
3: strange. And then shortly thereafter, you drift off to sleep. <sighs> Uh, now, I think there's a chance that this may be just be a series of everybody waiting for everybody else to go to sleep before they, they say what they're doing. So does <laughs> mm-hmm. anybody else want to do anything that evening?
0: I think Hatham might open his journal and start writing again, scratching the date, long day. Hatham's long, and just, date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just long day, steers at it for a second and just closes it, <laughs> lays, lays down.
3: Hatham's there sleeping with a book on his chest and a quill in his hand.
1: Which will (laughs) almost undoubtedly be the most accurate representation historically of today's events. That's the only written account. Long day. Is your journal It says, long day.
5: (laughs) So, Asherian goes to lay down in his tent and as everyone else normally would, he just lays down, sleeping bag, sacks out. He awakes, however in the city streets, once again surrounded by buildings that are aflame and destroyed, several dozens of corpses around him. A loud, ominous voice speaks to him. You knew and you could have avoided this, but you didn't. He tries to call out, but nothing can hear him. Then he suddenly wakes up back in the tent, cold sweat, shaking his hands. He grasps his hands around the wrist, waiting till he stops Shaking but never goes to sleep again, okay. Shaking his hand, like deal, you got a deal.
3: <laughs> deal is what the demon hand. Or uh, the you devil got a, hand. <laughs> you got a hell of a grudge, you <laughs> son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> uh, Alder, I believe uh, you had something for the evening. I don't know, so probably like on the way back to town, like we find a bottle of McGinty's whiskey that's probably half drunk in the rubble somewhere, and we probably are taking pulls of it on the way home. Um, but you know, everybody. Everybody, when they get home, tries to sack out pretty quick. But there's a a small fire outside of the tent. Alder isn't quite ready. uh, Or maybe just sleep's not coming. But, like, he leans down and, like, he's on the ground, his back against a log facing the fire. Uh, And eventually, after the arts have popped up, like, the camera's kind of looking at his left side and his profile is just staring off into the darkness. And we see uh, a kid, maybe about, like, 11, 12 years old, kind of like walks over and sits down next to him and then just leans his head against alder's shoulder and uh you know you just see the left sides of their faces and he's like ah hello number eight have you met the new ones and the kid just nods yes have they met him yet the kid shakes his head no well let them know he's he's not scary he would never hurt them And the kid nods, yes. And then the camera kind of pans to where you can see the front of their faces. And the right side of the kid's head has been bashed in. And we, like, can see the kid a little better now in the firelight. He doesn't appear to be alive. Like, this is almost ghostly. And as someone walks by at that point and, like, looks over at Alder, Alder just nods. And then the person just walks off, like, clearly not seeing, you know, the the child that's sitting there i just like, one of you always comes when I'm tired. God, I'm, I'm so tired.
3: And eventually, you guys awake the next day. You're sore and weary. It's well into the morning. You guys didn't get up particularly early. What do you do? You, you're awake. You're in the tents. You're, you, know, uh, you will have regained some hit points over the evening, and you'll have regained the use of your spells. Uh, but at this point, there seems to be nothing very dramatic happening, especially right around you.
0: This is a good time to to revisit how much HP do we get back every night?
3: I believe it was uh,
1: level times con. Or? Uh,
3: to be fair, we can long story short that because it's not going to matter.
4: That's today. probably yeah, um, a good idea. I will mention that uh, I'll offer uh, you know a healing um, a usage of my healing that will target everyone, um, and if anybody in particular would like more, I'm happy to provide that. But having said that, I'm I, my intention, excuse me, is to save a few healing spells in order to go back um, by the infirmary that has been set up at some point to see if there's anyone in truly dire straits. Um, Maybe somebody brought in uh, over the middle of the night or something like that that um, needs full-on real healing. Um, I hope my companions understand. Um, I mean, I'm happy to spread some around, but I feel I ought to hold a few back.
3: If you were to uh, do one channel... With what you guys regain over the course of the evening, you guys would all be in good shape. Now you're still probably all just incredibly sore, uh, you know, and you're you're wore down to a certain degree still, but you're you're functioning. I, mean, so.
0: I think first thing in the morning, Hatham's all, probably looked almost like hungover for how tired and still low on HP he is. <laughs> um, but all all the uh, all the reagents are being used for elixirs of life. Maybe he's out like, at the fire, in front of the camp, and just out there with his his bag in the fresh air.
5: By the time everyone else has woken up, Shirian has already been sitting at the fire and has grabbed uh, food and drink for the other three of them. He's already sitting there. Uh, yeah, you're able to go get it. Dobbs
3: is in the the kitchen over there. He said, "You guys are way late for breakfast, a little early for lunch," uh, but he very very easily. Gives you plenty of food. You know, before he didn't seem to like you guys bothering him much, but this time he—he's not cheerful. But as soon as he sees that you're up, he immediately starts making food for you, Uh, so you're able to bring plenty back. So there's food, there's drink. You guys are able to to take care of those basic needs. So the menu today: hero sandwich. Uh, Sweet,
4: yeah. Uh,
3: While you guys are doing that, at some point in time, you hear a voice uh, not too far away,
4: and uh, he.
2: I heard you fellas were back.
4: Oh, good, good. It's you, the the salty old one. I guess. Yes, uh, so. Marcus.
3: Marcus uh, Braunstead, you guys remember, uh, He is he's the old man. And his son, you guys saw earlier, Erasmus, he was the one with the great big war hammer that was out there with
2: Carlisle.
0: That beat the odds, did we? Or did you place bets on us
1: not coming back?
2: <laughs> yeah, I placed bets on you all coming back.
1: Mm-hmm. Alder reaches into his pocket and pulls out a, a very scarred, like, copper coin, flicks it, and Marcus is like, I told you, bad pennies always pop up.
2: <laughs> you're clever, fellas. You're, you're, you're clever. Well, I am glad to see you back, though. I hear there's been a lot of excitement. I had a hell of a time sleeping. Mm,
4: yeah. Yes, I understand. A lot of noise. Didn't get your full 20 hours yesterday, old man? <laughs> 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 <Jesus>. <laughs> That's funny, but not far from
2: the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I imagine the explosion was a bit hard to sleep through. Oh, that was, was that you guys?
4: Oh, well. Depends. You own stock in <laughs> certain shipping companies because if so.
2: Uh, uh, it's quite a show. Quite a show. I'm glad it worked out okay for most people anyway. So uh, you, you guys are probably looking for Carlisle. He, he told me to swing by when you guys got up.
4: Uh, yes, at some point today we were planning to talk to him. Is he around?
2: Yeah, about that, he's not.
4: How oh, bloody hell! That, what, what do you mean he's not?
2: That 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 damned priestess. She she took him and anybody who's anybody, and they're they're gone in some negotiation. He said uh, he said just let you know that you're top of his priority list. As soon as that's over, it's all important stuff, and
1: he'll be back. That son of a bitch cut us out. Sign of the bloody paperwork here is. Top priority, then. Alder is legitimately annoyed <laughs> because he wanted to sit at that table.
2: So is there, is there anything I can do for you boys now? Where will mm.
5: he be when he gets back?
2: He'll, he'll, he'll come straight here. He said, don't be worried. You're his top priority as soon as he's done with the priestess.
1: Then I'll wait. Alder kind of like holds up his beloved like navy jacket, like that blue kind of... Members only. Yeah, kind of. Well, you know the, <laughs> that navel coat. But yeah. over the last several weeks, it's it's got blood on it. It's been ripped up. There's lots of lots of cuts. Uh, he's like, "You don't happen to know a tailor, do?" You? I
2: mean, yeah, I yeah. got somebody who could probably put some thread
1: to a needle for you. If that's
2: what you need.
0: Well, don't you know, I have a crafting at plus eight, right?
4: <laughs> I'm not sure anyone
1: that's on this podcast character. knew that. That's <laughs> <it. That's laughs> in the character, baby. <laughs>
4: Every night you see him sewing, though. He's <laughs> he's knitting, he's darning socks, he's like everything.
1: So literally, like he's like, look at the jacket, looks at Aetham, mm-hmm. and then just like shoves it at you. <laughs> he had a beautiful sundress <laughs> the other day. He didn't catch that. He was wearing it. For like.
3: <laughs> if not, I doubt the heroes of Port Hallbeck would have much trouble finding someone to mend their clothes. Well,
1: he loves that jacket, I mean. yeah. yeah.
3: So uh, what would you guys like to do for the rest of your day?
4: I would like... As soon as possible to, again, swing by the infirmary, because if if somebody's suffering, I need to try to administer to them soon.
3: Once again, the town is still very busy. It's nothing like it was last night. You know, the fires were put out. The worst of the wounded were taken care of. The dead were counted. But there's still a lot to do, a lot to repair, a lot of of grief. Um, So there's still a fair amount of of busy work that's going on. The infirmary is still very busy because, once again, the wounded are are still very wounded. So any help that you give is greatly appreciated. Uh, You do find out that Helandra is no longer there. She was also summoned to the negotiations with the priestess. And there was one of the other volunteers that was put in charge uh, that morning.
4: Yep, seems like anyone who's anyone is there at that negotiation. But you guys are welcome to help out with these wretched, <laughs> help out with these wretched people that are um, that guy's barfing up phlegm and that guy's bleeding and this is uh...
3: so. hate them. Are you also going to be at the infirmary?
4: Uh, There's plenty yeah.
0: of work there. I think so. Yeah, and I'll brought basically used all my reagents for uh, elixirs of life. Uh, so now I'll be able to dispense a couple of those and.
3: And it doesn't take long before anything you guys are willing to give is gone. There's plenty of need there uh, and, you know, still plenty of work to be done after that. Now, once again, some time has passed, so more stories have been told. So you are hearing stories about uh, heroes of the battle, including yourselves. In fact, the, the most talked about thing immediately uh, is you're, you're saving the children. The number of kobolds you slew during that encounter has grown throughout the course of the day, and you're already into the hundreds. Mm. So, <laughs> Well, you know. that was that was how many we
4: killed, right? I was <laughs> going to yeah. say pretty certain. Yeah, so it, wasn't it pretty close to 100, I think? Uh, mm-hmm. So are yeah. they going to start
0: inflating that number or just keep telling the truth? <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. That's right. So uh, you
3: guys learned yesterday, Helandra. Uh, 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 you guys hear more about her because apparently she was a sight to behold in battle. Uh, of course, everybody talks about the priestess, but they all do it in very hushed tones. So people kind of mention it but it's not talked about quite as openly. Everybody seems a little nervous referring to uh, the priestess of Asmodeus, but at the same time, everybody pretty much realizes that her showing up is what saved everybody's lives. Uh, Carlisle, Craven Carlisle and uh, Rasmus are both uh, talked about quite a bit. Apparently, they slew more than a few uh, of the pirates and, of course, your guys' work in the channel. Uh, While some people are still a little peeved about it, most of them realize that you did also help save their lives by doing it. So, uh, once again, you're treated very, very well.
0: <laughs>
3: Good day, listeners. This is Saul Kavi, broadsending for Kasarat Public Radio, beaming around the globe from the Hellspire Tower in downtown Kassarath, bringing you the rest of history. With ships painted black and faces painted white, the wraiths haunt the oceans looking for unsuspecting prey they are known to toy with opposing ships enjoying the fear and terror they inflict sometimes taking nothing at all from captured ships but leaving behind a terrible memory to fuel the nightmares of those they spare while most pirates hunt during the day the wraiths are masters of the night their ability to operate effectively at night is a dangerous mystery even among the other pirate fleets no one knows why they seem unimpeded by the darkness yet they shun the sun and embrace the night wind. They are the reason merchants prize crew members who see well in the dark, for even a few extra moments might be enough to escape the black ships of the Wraith fleet. And now you know the rest of history. Good day.
5: Deep below the tallest mountains, inside the caves of McGinty's, thousands of barrels lay silent, but that does not mean they lay idle. In fact, Inside each and every McGinty's barrel, the whiskey is aging, building a fuller, smoother flavor that only comes from being aged for four long years. Luxury comes from the inside. McGinty's Dwarven Whiskey, for the finer things.
3: Uh, Alder Shane, is there anything you guys wanted to do while you're waiting? Anything particular?
1: So, San's jacket, and you know, I'm sure he can probably follow along because he's probably seen stuff like this before. But, like, Alder has his like, vest on and he's got his white sleeves kind of rolled up. Still got the hat. Doesn't matter how bad that hat gets, he's going to wear it. But he just wanders mid- into the middle of town, tries to find where some action's at, and joins a work crew and starts directing. Like, I mean, he's he's trying to just take command of as much as possible and start the work.
3: And honestly, it, it happens very easily. Uh, you guys, at one point in time, you run across Rasmus, who has been put in charge of the, the new town guard. Yeah. <laughs> All volunteers. And so he's been uh, tasked with uh, seeing to that and making sure that uh, there are lookouts. Uh, if you want, you're willing to join with that. If not, there is plenty of work to be done, and it's very easy for you to take charge of any of the work crews. So... Um, you guys can fill your time there, uh, but if you, don't, if you don't have anything particular you want to do, at this point, you're just waiting.
4: I might have one uh, thing we might do. You know, uh, we, we may want to try to track down uh, that uh, foreign merchant uh, who directed us to go blow up his ship uh, so, the other day. So,
3: Jacques Dar, mm-hmm. who you guys remember is the uh, representative of the Moon Maw Trading Consortium, he's also gone.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he's somebody of importance, too. So we think he's uh, probably...
4: <laughs>
3: he yeah, you, you guys are very quickly able to find out that he, too, was summoned by the priestess. Okay, okay.
1: We go look for a baker. <laughs> summoned. <laughs> well, there's surely got to be someone that sells socks. <laughs> huh. Summoned.
4: Where's the rat catcher? Oh, summoned to the, uh, the meeting with the Maudius priest. Uh, murder.
5: Actually, the town... I shovel shit, and I'm going to be there, too. What? The, the town <laughs> is actually a ghost town where the mm. only
1: are there are yeah.
4: people there because yeah.
5: everyone else has been summoned. They, they have orphans there on the council.
4: We think that... Um,
1: I'm the representative of the Orphan Guild.
0: (laughs) And thus it goes. I will uh, also work on sewing that jacket here and there. You guys have plenty
3: of time uh, for such mundane tasks because it is not until after sunset of the third evening that Carlisle
1: returns.
4: Let's be there. Of negotiations, I mean, good God, what they give away to the Asmodeans?
1: Well, I'm, I'm governor by then, yes. <laughs> this, this is Aldertown. I've I spent the last three days like, in your time of need, everyone you've ever looked to has abandoned you. But Alder was here, Father Becker was here, um, Hawthorne was here. <laughs> um, hang on, excuse me, uh,
0: that maybe oh, not my mine. <laughs> I
1: haven't forgotten you,
0: Hamish. <laughs>
3: So indeed, you guys have just finished your dinner and went back to your tents a little after sunset, or tent. Uh, you have one big, large tent that's basically been given to you guys at this point. And sure enough, here comes Craven Carlisle. He comes walking in. He's got a bottle of wine in one hand and a small stool in the other. Marches right into the tent, pops the stool down, sits on it, and starts pouring everybody a glass of wine.
4: Well, Huzzah! Looks like we're we're gonna we're toasting to good fortune. Is that it?
3: Uh, once you guys all have your drinks. He pours himself one. He holds it up for a toast. And he says, to the heroes of Port Hallback.
1: Huzzah. To the oh, sea no. takes back what she wants, Klink. Uh, what, what he said.
3: He he drains his and pours another one and you know, pours more for anybody else who wants some. He's like, all right, lads. I know you're mad. Uh, sorry I've been gone. That, that did take a lot longer than I, I thought. It would, I've been locked up with uh, uh, in this damned council for so long. My arse was beginning to think my legs were broke. But, you know, it had to be done. And the deed is indeed done. You are now in the free city of Port Hallbeck. We are ratified and completely recognized by the Church of Asmodius, which includes all other nations and signatories of the Pact of Kasserat, blah, 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 blah.
0: Might I ask if we were not free before to whom we belong to?
3: Well, really nobody, but...
0: I thought that was the idea of being free.
3: Well, yes and no. Uh, the free city basically just means we're not beholden to a nation. But without the protections of the pact, well, we did, we had no recourse for anything. So now, at least, we are protected by the pact, and uh, essentially not wild
4: creatures. So, so uh, it has
3: its advantages.
4: So any, so nations cannot just sail in and go. Hey, by the way, this is our port um, anymore. Or, well, not, or not as easily.
3: To. They they you know there there's certain politics involved now. I mean, you know, nations still war. War isn't exactly uh, outlawed, but uh yeah we, we we would have more recourse and uh once again we are now recognized as a free city so it, it comes with its advantages and it really is the the first step if we're going to have any sort of a civilization here so so it had to be done uh but it did take a long time uh um, this bottle of wine consider this this the first payment for your guys' services i know you you owe i owe you more so uh, we're going to have to talk about that
1: so let me get this straight you're in a three-day negotiation to recognize statehood for your town, and you didn't think a duke was a viable asset in these negotiations.
3: If it makes you feel any better, I didn't get to choose. She chose. Mm. I keep forgetting that you're a duke. She,
1: oh, or you she, say you are.
3: she summoned us all in here, and uh, and here we are. Now, uh, I, I do have one, uh, one little problem, though. Uh, I mean, you guys have kind of exceeded my expectations. Now, I, gold is easy. I've got I've got plenty of gold if that's really all you desire. Uh, but I'm just really not certain how best to, to pay you. What uh, I
1: mean, what do you guys want? Well, let's get down to business. According to our initial contract, you were to have some say in what items we've acquired. Exactly. Uh, in this case, we have acquired many documents, I think, which would be of interest to you. Some of them uh, alluding to your family being in this region pre-Ferridan collapse. That's which, true. Which that's, would help your that's claims. That's true. We've also found some coinage, but uh, ultimately, I don't think that will be of interest oh, to you. Can I, can I see one? Mm-hmm. You got mo- him yeah. Hey, them.
4: Oh, here you go. He, uh,
0: he, he takes
3: one. He you pull that out of?
4: Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> been carrying that the whole time? Why from there? behind your ear, of Oh, it's delightful. I, I so enjoy <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> that would be a neat caveat to your character, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, likes Magic. magic. <laughs>
3: Uh, so he does, he turns the coin over, he looks at it, kind of nod knowingly. He's like,
2: hey, I, I'm just going to go, you care if I keep this one?
3: Oh, you can keep the rest. I'd like to have one as a memento.
1: Speaking of mementos, and like Alder kind of reaches in a pocket and flicks a ring at him. I believe this should look familiar. Oh, this is interesting. Where did you find this? Might have found an ancestor of yours. Oh? Might have found his skeleton. Huh. Might have found him attacking us as an animated skeleton.
3: Interesting, interesting.
1: he was wearing that, and he also was bearing this, and all kind of like taps his sword like we're keeping this
3: <laughs> okay if that's well, if that's uh that's part of your payment, of so course. be it. Uh, but I'd like to keep the ring of course. that's a good family heirloom here. I've got a sword of my own already, so that's fair.
1: Having said that, other than the notes, our good friend here has some uh, detailed taken care of those ghostal towers. That is about all we've brought back.
3: And at this point, we don't need to discuss every detail. We will assume you just go through the process of info-dumping to Craven Carlisle as well as Mm -hmm. giving him over, like, the documents and stuff, unless you guys are, you know...
4: Well, you know, it does bring up a question, and I suppose this is probably something in the three days prior to this we would have had an opportunity to discuss. But with regards specifically to what we've learned about the ritual that we interrupted, and what was said at that ritual, and furthermore, um, the fact that we've learned that the Ghostal Towers, among other places, are locations where these ceremonies can be performed uh, in order to potentially bring the Lich back. Um, how much of that do we disclose? Alder, up to you guys. Alder
1: would reveal everything up to, and let me get this out before you uh, object <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that uh, there are cultists. Their aim is to sacrifice the living to bring back Gilgamark, and they believe that there is a chosen one available. We don't mention that they believe it to be Father Becker. I'd support that, <laughs> especially that last part.
0: Like In particular, underline that last part, mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah,
1: yeah. like, like yeah. that doesn't help any of us. I will
4: tell you as we discuss this prior to yeah. the conversation that you know if it eventually becomes necessary... In our efforts to stop these things from taking place, if if that has to become a part of the conversation with people that can help us to prevent that, then uh, you know, I mean, sure, but we just got to we got to do this in a uh, in a planned manner, as opposed to, you know, Father Becker is the chosen one, going <laughs> kind to of bring about the end time. The
1: chosen one, the chosen one. Oh.
3: So what I understand is you're pretty much going to tell him everything except for the part where Father Becker was identified yes. as the chosen one. So the conversation has gone on. You guys have been talking for some time. The bottle has been emptied, and uh, a second one is not too far from it at this point. So a lot of information has been passed back and forth. And and Craven's he spends a lot of time stopping and thinking. Uh, and uh, finally, he's like, "Hmm, uh, I've just always been afraid of something like this, but I didn't know, I didn't know how it was going to come at us."
0: That. Always been looking over your shoulder for the soul of a lich, have you?
1: It's fair, Don. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. All oh, their like they're nods <laughs> vigorously. I mean, I was
4: expecting this to be a desolate wasteland with storms of negative energy just bellowing across the landscape. Of course, right. I so, didn't bother to do any research at all on what this place was like.
3: So. Again, gentlemen, uh, I mean, your, your services at this point have almost been, have been priceless. Surely, surely there's something your, your hearts desire. Um, if we,
1: if we are going to continue in operations we are going to need gear uh, what we've brought with us on the island is not cutting it uh, possibly better armor I, I could use a much better shield at this point. I don't know what supplies are available in town, but we have gathered some weapons that could possibly upgrade it
3: armor armor consider it done it, it uh, I, I won't have it tonight of course but uh, i th- I, th- I think I think I can take care of. And he takes a minute. He's kind of he making sure you know he's studying you, like he's he's looking at each of you and you know categorizing the armor you're wearing and thinking, he's like yeah, um, give give me give me a day or so, and I believe we can come to a, a suitable arrangement if that's all right.
5: I think you mean lack thereof of armor for some well, people here. Well, you know, but you
3: you uh, yeah, but also that's notable <laughs> that you don't wear armor, and even if you're not specifically have your armor on right now, it's
1: probably in the tent. A Shireen could use a new loincloth cloth, and uh, his Slayer <laughs> shirt has been ripped. Mm-hmm bar of soap would be good, Uh, just not to (laughs) put too fine a point on it. But Speaking of watching over your shoulder, uh, understand, Carl, I have a long and varied naval career, and I, in my many years of sailing the seas, have never seen three pirate fleets work together to attack such a small target. I don't suppose you have any uh, musings on that. I don't,
3: but I can tell you it is a high priority of mine to, to figure out. Something that uh, something that growing didn't know and need to know quickly. I'm going to roll per-
1: like a uh, perception instead of sense mm-hmm. motive, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that fucking one. Well, tell 100, 100% tell the truth there.
2: You got. He's on the level. <laughs>
5: Fuck! <laughs> Man. So Someone else could roll that. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> going ch- to go, gonna go for it. Try. Not (laughs) much better. Nope.
3: (laughs) We're all good here. He is a master liar.
0: Shit. (laughs) All right. Is this a we all roll and just see what happens? Yeah, go ahead, Ethan, because
3: I think the highest roll so far is a five. Yep.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Look at you. Uh, Total of 19. There we go.
3: Um, You think he's telling the truth and not so much maybe holding something back, but you can tell by the way he paused that he didn't quite tell you everything,
4: but nothing was a lie.
1: Well, we all get Craven Carlisle tattoos. That's, that's right
4: <laughs> on our foreheads. Um, you know, I uh, <clears throat> I uh, just mentioned this in case you happen to run across something. I, I have to admit that uh, the the armor is um, uh, any help in that department would be most welcome. Uh, particularly as this uh, that I wear it slows me down tremendously, and I pull it back to show that it is utterly soaked underneath because <laughs> this place is hot and uh this is miserable but um i might also mention that i find myself distressingly on the front lines far more often than i'd had anticipated and and though this morning star has been trusty to me at um uh you know if, if you happen to have an old secondhand one lying around that's that's maybe a little nicer than this one i certainly wouldn't uh, object if uh you know i could procure it in some manner uh, uh just happy to um um even it, to pay for it. Uh, I'm just looking for access more than anything. Okay. He's also very
1: proficient with rocks. If you can find <laughs> a nice slate or so a piece of marble, he's mm-hmm. quite
4: deadly with it. Yes, yeah, surprisingly so. I I, I sure do love throwing rocks. Uh, just <laughs> that a p- might puzzling be... Puzzling statement, I'm sure, but yes.
0: That still might be one of my favorite things that's happened so far. Because <laughs> I cast spiritual weapon and a rock shows up. <laughs> Soon I shall
4: know the nature of my great deity. Will it be a a great sword or perhaps a, a holy flail or maybe a, a, a sacred bow and
1: arrow. It's a goddamn rock. <laughs> Son of
4: a bitch, I swear to God. Anyway.
1: I have envisioned like if we ever need to like leave a mm-hmm. place real quick you cast that and then everyone's just like, oh God, it's back! And then just haul ass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and see if it confuses whoever long enough mm-hmm. to be like yeah. I better get out of here. It's, <laughs> it's, a, a, it's a manifestation rock. of a rock
4: god. God mm-hmm. of rock.
0: When we get back, they're
4: all just worshiping the God of
1: rocks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> rest, rest in peace, right, James D.O.? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I tell you what, fellas,
3: uh, I think that's enough for one night. I'm going to go ahead and hit the hay. I'm pretty exhausted. You guys do so yourself. We'll uh, work on some appropriate items for you guys. Uh, you can come see me tomorrow if you have any more questions. I may have a few more uh, myself. Uh, but for now, you're gonna, if there's any mundane items you need around town, feel free to just go ahead and charge them to the Carlisle Estate. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you are you're work for me if you still want to. And uh, that's going to be one of the perks. So uh, I'm going to hit the hay. I'll see you guys on the morrow.
1: Good night. <laughs> so he does indeed leave. I can't get a read on that guy. I he keep- was holding back something. Ah, I knew it.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't.
1: Let's gut him. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, he he seems to, hmm, you know, I, I don't perceive that the man's not genuine in terms of his desire to keep this place generally safe. Um, I, I suspect he has knowledge about uh, the threats that uh, this place faces that he keeps close to the vest. Um, I wonder why. Is it something where he wants to Um, try to figure out the proper solution ahead of time? Is it a play for power? He's the one that is able to deal with the threats whenever they come? Or is it um, just trying to learn more information about them and and not reveal them to panic people beforehand? Um, um, He seems to... I I get the impression he suspects a lot. Yes, and he
0: chooses his words carefully, I think. He lies by omission rather than bold-faced. I think it's safe to say. Do you think he's
4: got? I mean, is it ill ill will in his heart, or do you think that it's just um, that? W- that wasn't the
3: impression that Haytham got. Just, just, just FYI. No, you don't. You don't think he was being malicious. You just think that there's probably something that he didn't quite say.
4: You know, and, and for what it's worth, I mean, admittedly, you know, our deeds were impressive and outstanding, but he also hardly knows us. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I would uh reveal my hand uh to people mm. i have met even if they had done initial good work. Yes. And
1: in fact we have not. Mm-hmm.
5: Yes, but then that explains more. You see if he's trying to keep it a secret, then why would he be keeping it a secret from us if it's something mundane? Mm.
1: Quite right. Mm. So let's gut him. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we
0: have ways of making her talk.
4: Alder's like, It's been a couple of days since I've killed something <laughs> Twitch <laughs> You expect me
1: to talk, Mr Alder? No
4: I expect you to die.
1: <laughs> so, and uh, during like an '80s shopping montage, what's the appropriate song? Because we're going shopping in the morning, I imagine. How about the actual montage song? Yeah, oh, it's
4: gonna be a montage,
2: montage. <laughs> montage.
1: Just like we've all got bags. Actually, it'd be like, it'd
4: be like, we'd be in a mall, and they'd be like, uh, you know, like uh, girls just want to have fun. Or yeah, you know, something yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like Wake me up before you go. Yeah, that's right. Port yeah. Holbeck has a
4: mall, right?
5: Not anymore. <laughs> <Fuck>! <laughs> Shirin would just be like the one husband that's dragged along to all the like clothes shopping stores, just kind of sit there, just like <sighs> I, contemplating his life decisions while he waits for an hour and thirty minutes.
4: I see myself in a in a clothing store, you know, with a new set of robes. I'm holding them by the waist and twirling, <laughs> and they're, they're they're sweating in the air, and I'm like, "Ooh, how do I look?"
0: Oh, well, at some at some point, if I haven't already, I will, uh take the the stitched up uh, jacket and and give it back to Alder.
4: Let's see that craft check. <laughs> turns out hatham's terribly colorblind i'll
0: wait for the gm go for it to, okay yep.
4: oh goodness oh that
2: teetered a little bit <laughs> have you heard of the, have you heard of the technicolor uh, Dreamcoat? because are, are uh, you gonna blow a uh hero, a couple of hero points yep. on <laughs> gonna, <laughs> i'm
4: gonna spend Cause
0: two that, hero points because you're a two it teetered <laughs> off of like an 18 onto uh.
4: No, maybe, maybe yeah. yeah. that there went from go. one
0: to seven to seventeen, so that's a total of twenty-five. Twenty-five, Alder, you are very impressed. I, that is
3: some great uh, seamstress work. This is navy Seemster? issue now. Like seamstress work.
0: Uh, it's a bit sloppy around the pauldrons, and uh, that one gosh on the back was a bit rough. But uh, I think it looks almost as good as new. Like
1: Alder, like like holds it like, and you can see his like handshake a little bit, and he like like thumbs the lapel. Oh but he's is like, is that bad? Thank you, my friend. This is this means more to me than you know. Oh well, this is
0: just a bit thread,
1: really. Now come here, give me kisses. <laughs> <laughs> you really just part of the it, and that's when the saxophone starts playing. <laughs> Buggery, the end. <laughs>